0: Hi, and welcome to Treasury Today Asia and Cities podcast, Engaging with e commerce. I'm Sophie Jackson, Joint Publisher and Head of Strategic Content at the Treasury Today Group. In this episode, we'll be giving you the inside scoop on what you need to know about e commerce in Asia. Joining us to share the opportunities that this area represents for corporates is Cities Morgan McKenney, Head of Core Cash Management for Asia Pacific. Morgan is responsible for domestic and cross-border payments and collections, commercial cards, client connectivity channels and enterprise services across the region. Based in Hong Kong, she also manages the City Innovation Lab in Singapore for treasury and trade solutions. This all makes her perfectly positioned to offer a unique insight into e-commerce in Asia. We began our conversation with Morgan explaining how e-commerce is impacting the business models and behavior of organizations in Asia-Pacific.
1: Asia is the world's largest region for e-commerce and growing the fastest, 20% plus a year versus 5% in the rest of the world. And why is that? Well, first of all, there's 4 billion people in Asia with a huge growing middle class. And all of these folks in Asia are connected to the internet. They have smartphones or mobile devices. Which means they have money to purchase things. So the opportunity for e commerce in Asia is particularly large and it's having a big impact on companies in many different ways. So, one is business models. E commerce significantly diminishes the role of traditional intermediaries in the sales channel and the procurement channel. What does that really mean? That means businesses can go direct to their consumers as well as go direct to their suppliers. And that's a big difference in terms of how you sell. How you market, how you distribute. We're also seeing, um, what we call omni channel. So it's not enough just to have a store retail presence. You do need to have an online presence. The next big impact is we're going 24 by seven and borderless. So, you know, a borderless shopping experience around the clock requires conventional business models to adapt. So that's 24 by seven availability, instant responses and notifications during checkout processes having FX components built in for offshore shoppers. And the last important thing companies are focusing on is extending the ecosystem. So digital giants are continuing to extend their reach. You know, if you think about Alibaba with their various marketplaces. The last comment around e-commerce and retail, retailers are focused now on omnichannel. So that means transforming their stores to be more digital, plugging into the sharing economy, launching e-commerce sales channel, The second trend is experience economy. So hyper-personalization, everyone expects, you know, whoever's selling to you to know you well, to know what you like, to show you uh, more of what you would be interested in, moving from products to experience, health and wellness services. And then retailers have to think about a digital operating model. So smart factories and 3D printing, smart supply chains. And last, how they use data really as an asset to improve user experience.
0: Thanks, Morgan. And what impact is this having on Treasury departments at these companies?
1: Yes, well, Treasury are the key decision makers for the selection of service providers working with their business teams and sales to understand the business requirements and really marshal project resources across functions and help implement these e-commerce strategies. And so we've seen many Treasurers seeking to create a digitization roadmap to meet their objectives of Automation, centralization, standardization, innovation, and efficiency objectives. So if we just step back, key e-commerce requirements that treasurers need to keep in mind are a few. One, enabling locally preferred consumer payments mechanisms and widening collection coverage. Second is real-time instant payments and optimizing reconciliation process to speed up the sales cycle so that goods can ship instantaneously because the funds are deemed good. And then leveraging relevant FX solutions and account structures to optimize working capital at the HQ level.
0: And how is the development of financial infrastructure across Asia-Pacific further enabling businesses to build out their e-commerce strategies?
1: Absolutely, Sophie. And a revolution is underway globally, but particularly in Asia, and it's a real-time revolution. And what does that mean? That means all Asia countries will have instant payment financial infrastructures by 2020. This means that the financial payment system for movement of money between anyone's bank account and anyone else's in a given market will be instant, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for low value payments versus the batch system most markets have today. And this opens up the ability for our institutional clients to collect instantly from retail consumers for purchases of goods online. And it gives City the opportunity to digitize cash in ways that it's never had the opportunity to do before. And what this means is our clients can reach way more consumers given the low credit card penetration of many markets in Asia and the prevalence of cash, which is not digital. So there's over 1.7 billion people in Asia more that have a bank account versus a credit card. And credit card is the dominant way we make an, quote, instant payment online today. But because credit card penetration isn't that high in a lot of markets in Asia, the opportunity to instantly debit a bank account now, because of all these domestic infrastructures, will power and enable the growth of e-commerce in Asia.
0: Thanks, Morgan. And how do you expect the e-commerce space in Asia-Pacific to develop over the coming years? What areas do you think that corporates and their treasury teams should be focusing on in order to maximise their e-commerce strategy?
1: There are a lot of exciting things from both a business model perspective, a newer tech perspective, and we expect a number of changes to come. So the first is data is the new oil. And, you know, we talk about artificial intelligence and it's not coming. It's here. Data and better analytics provide opportunities for our customers to cross-sell, offer dynamic offers, improve customer experience, and... That's why we've spent a lot of time investing in the quality of our data so that we can not only play that back to customers, we can provide new data insights. And so we'll see data being a very important trend powering e-commerce, the personalization, the automation, and great customer experiences. So a second trend we expect is the expansion of what I call sprawling walled gardens, which really means deepening of newer ecosystems. So what do I mean? So things like in China, over 70% of Chinese mobile time is spent on BAT, Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent. That's because these ecosystems offer such a wide range of services that customers want to spend time, live there. That's where they're living their digital life. And so these walled gardens are working on continued extensions and whether that's offering more financing, offering a social media service. Um, there's a battle in ASEAN now between the large U.S. players and some of the large Asia players for Mindshare in terms of offering social media, marketplaces, payment services. And that's why you see a number of companies across sectors, creating in-house payment solutions. So whether that's Google Tez in India that's gotten off to a fantastic start, WhatsApp payments, GrabPay, GoPay in Indonesia. And so we're seeing extensions of capabilities to keep users in that digital walled garden. The third big trend we expect is this continued deepening of what I call or what's been coined new retail. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean bricks to clicks or click and collect necessarily. It really means a new retail experience where you're combining offline plus online plus logistics in a very integrated way to truly enable the purchase of anything at any time with a hyper personalized service. And so you see that with Amazon's purchase of Whole Foods to gain more offline presence. You see that with companies like Walmart working with JD.com to deepen their online connectivity as a traditionally offline retailer. And so we're going to see emergence beyond omni-channel in retail. The next big trend is really social commerce. It's gaining steam in terms of impacting the way retailers reach consumers. So the top 500 retailers earned an estimated $6.5 billion from social shopping in 2017, and that's up 24%. And what that means is many customers begin the purchasing process on a social media platform. Uh, one-third of purchases begin on social media each month, and platforms like Facebook are having a lot of success with driving sales. So social-driven referrals to e-commerce sites grew over 100% year-on-year, significantly outpacing the growth of other marketing channels. Another big trend is the world of digital payments. And the future of payments is likely to look dramatically different from today. If you fast forward 10 years, right now we're in, you know, if we think about China's, I'll call it syndromes, where commerce or distribution players define the rules. So you have Alipay really facilitating seamless embedded payments for all of the Alibaba properties. When you look forward, brands might start disappearing behind one click, one touch, one look, one word. These are deep links. So when you click on an ad on Facebook, you actually can buy that good instantaneously. Again, making the buying experience frictionless. Then if we look forward, it's exponential payments. So Internet of Things, you know, the last 20 years has been about connecting people the next 20 years is about connecting devices. We're expecting about 50 billion devices to be in the world. And those devices will make payments. They'll, you know, if the refrigerator needs servicing, it'll make a micropayment for the servicing cost as an example. And then down the road, you know, payments will be truly, truly frictionless and customers will be rewarded for data and pay for credit lines. So There's an exciting world of payments ahead and retail purchases using mobile devices very easily in stores will basically digitize cash. You know, cash is still 65 to 75 percent of the world's transactions. There's still a ton of cash out there and over time that will get digitized in truly seamless ways.
0: Thank you to Morgan McKenney at Citi for sharing her thoughts with us on e-commerce in Asia. Remember to look to Treasury Today Asia throughout the course of 2018 as we delve further into this topic. And sign up for our weekly insights newsletter for regular news and views from across Asia. I'm Sophie Jackson. Thanks for listening.